What's going on designers and decorators? It's Timothy. I hope you all have been fantastic lately. I've been super busy with a ton of ventures, my hands in different things, but I finally made time to make this episode because I've gotten so many requests to do this particular episode, which is how to start your design business. There is so much that can go into this. Trust me, there's only just so much I can say within this time frame, but what I can assure you is that there is a resource on the website for you guys if you want to purchase it. It is on sale right now for $99. It is a huge guide and I'll get to that in just a moment. But here's some, uh, I would say some advice on how to at least get to the first stages of designing your design business. Because <laughs> really you are designing your design business. There's so many aspects that go into it where it's strategic. It's understanding a lot of uh, factors that go into it. And I actually actually have never opened a business with a business plan or target market or anything like that. And some don't. Some just naturally have that ability to get clients and some really need that extra that extra kind of push to grow their business on on the more on the more kind of structured level. So the first and foremost thing that I would say to start your design firm is really determining what services you're gonna offer because there are so many things you could do. Do you want to just focus on mood boards, which would be e-design? Do you wanna specialize in 3D renderings? Or do you want to be a full-on design build firm? I mean, and even more so, going deeper into that, like if you were to do a design build firm, it goes even deeper into understanding what that even entails. It's not just, you know, facilitating, you know, what what tile is going to go on the wall or what cabinetry color or it, it's deep into millwork and understanding porcelain versus ceramic tile on a backsplash. And are you going to go with hardwood floor or there's so many things that go into that that you have to understand. And if you don't understand that, you really shouldn't focus on that. Um, you should start low or little, I should say, and then work your way up into a design build. So maybe you specialize in just helping your clients select those materials by introducing them to resources that they would not have understood or been able to do before. And one of those resources is like a trade-only design showroom where only designers can shop there and they get steep discounts and uh, you know you could bring your clients in there and shop you know for tile and flooring and fabrics and so on and so forth. So then there is other categories to that too like do you want to just you know help clients choose color or do you just want to do furniture or do you just want to do kitchen and bath so once you really decide what services you're going to offer then you're going to focus on the style and specialty so what is your design style are you more of contemporary modern or um, are you really traditional or are you eclectic and you try to hone in on what, what you feel most comfortable designing because at the end of the day, you're really designing for your clients, right? And you do need to understand how to design, you know, a variety of different styles. You can't have a client to say, oh, I'm going to hire you and I want you to do, you know, my country house, but you're only going to be designing modern. It doesn't make sense. So we, that kind of goes into our next thing of should you become a niche designer? And I've always been told, yes, I completely disagree with that because I've said this time and time again that as a designer you're fo you're you're designing for your clients right this is their home it's not your home and while there are factors that go into what kind of style that client or should be doing for example if they have a modern home you're not going to be designing it as a traditional interior design um, especially if it's in an area where 
you know, it, it doesn't make sense to make the interior traditional and the home itself is a modern house um, or architecture is, is modern. And so when you have clients that come to you and say, hey, you know, I want you to design my house because I like your I like your style of your existing portfolio. And they come and say they want, you know, a contemporary kitchen, but you only design, let's say, um, you know, ultra modern kitchens. Um, that's why it's bad to niche because you're kind of limiting yourself on your target audience. You're kind of saying, hey, um, if there's, you know, 50,000 people in my city looking for interior design and I only specialize in ultra modern, what percentage of those 50,000 people are actually going to want modern, especially if you don't live in a modern, uh, ultra modern area? So you have to really understand the area that you live in uh, should determine what styles you focus on. But you should be able to, as a designer, to design mid-century modern, rustic, traditional, whatever the client wants because it's their home, right? So we go from there to choosing a catchy business name and registering it. So once you understand, you know, what services you're going to offer and what kind of style, and if it's not going to niche, then understanding, um, you know, what you want to have more of a focus on, um, then you can get into kind of like the business oriented part of your business. And that's thinking of a name. I actually struggled for a long time thinking of the name because a name really should be something that is catchy. Uh, it should be something that's memorable. And I've never really been a fan of design firms that name the design firm after themselves because you're when you when you kind of do that, you're kind of saying that, oh, it's, you know, Timothy Morenzi design. It's not the client's design. It's that designer's design. Um, and a lot of clients I've I've seen in the past, because when I first started, that's what it was, Timothy Murray's design. And I had such backlash from it because we we I kept getting questions like, so this is Timothy Murray's design. So we hire you and you design and whatever you design, we have to go with like we have no options. So it gives a negative kind of thought about what the client's actually going to pay for. Are they paying for you to come in and design that's only going to be your design and they have to deal with it or you know, like hate it or love it? Or is it something where you're a designer and you go in there and you design it based on what the client needs? It should be that, but most times it's not. Like, for example, um, if you look at Jeff Lewis, you hire Jeff Lewis because Jeff Lewis is Jeff Lewis and whatever he designs is what typically his clients like. And that's why that's a good thing because you get, you know, a following, you get a clientele. When you're starting off, you really shouldn't do that because it's going to limit you. And limitations are going to... Uh, obviously limit your success. So once you think of a name or when you're trying to make a name, don't make it too complicated or long. Choose words that are hard to pronounce. Or no, I'm sorry, don't choose words that are hard to pronounce because people won't understand it. You can include your name if you want to. I, I advise against it just because of what I just discussed. But use words that have to do with interior design like uh, Jason Picklesworth interiors or uh, Jason Picklesworth spaces or Jason Picklesworth design. If you do have to use a name or even not using your own name, it's like, oh, dollar bill design or, um, you know, stuff like that. So make sure your name has what you're doing in it, because there's many times where like like even even my firm doesn't say interiors or uh, spaces. Um, it's studio um, blank. And because of the fact that I, I don't, 
I, we don't just do interior design. Um, we do a lot of architecture. We do a lot of spatial planning. We do a lot of a lot of stuff that doesn't encompass interior design. And interior design really is a very broad term, but we barely even touch furniture. So you have to be careful on what you're actually naming your business and, and just to make sure that you have that word there to determine what you're doing so your clients understand that. And also, of course, more importantly, make sure no one else is using that same name. And if they are, then you have to go back to the drawing board. So once you have chosen your business name, then you should register it with your state. Go to LegalZoom, and that's the easiest way to go. LegalZoom has been, I've every single business I've owned, has been through LegalZoom and it's super, super easy and it takes like 10 minutes of, of your time. It's kind of fantastic. So from there, go into building a website and making sure that the website is, well, I mean, this is a no brainer. So you're a designer, you create beautiful spaces. So you need to reflect that online, right? Uh, so register a domain name and I would base it on your business name. So if you're Joe Schmo Interior Design, it should be joeschmointeriordesign.com or something to that extent. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to do that. I've seen companies where it's a long name like supercalifragilisticexpialidociousinteriors, but the website is scpdf.com because it shortens that. Um, and so that way people don't have to worry about, you know, spelling out your business name or spelling it wrong, potentially going to the wrong interior design website. So once you, you know, talk about or think about doing a website, there's various resources out there. Number one, I will say this, and I think I've actually said it in one of my other episodes where don't use Wix. If you do, you pay for the removal of the branding. And here's the reason why. If you go to a website and it's a professional company and it's like, blah, 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 dot wix.com, it's not professional, you look stupid. I'm just gonna come out there and say it. Or if it's like an extension of some other hosting provider. The other thing too is the branding of Wix, like going to a professional website and then seeing the Wix branding at the bottom of it, like proudly made with Wix. You know, your designer and your work, even your website should reflect your quality of your design and you wouldn't, go and do amazing things for clients, but then not do amazing things for yourself. And your self-reflection is going to be a reflection of your of your work. I've seen some really horrible websites, and I'm pretty sure that those designers are actually losing out on a lot of clients because of that. It's 2019. There's no reason why you shouldn't have an amazing website, especially when there are resources out there to making them amazing without having to come up with thousands of dollars. For me, I have my own web designer, so I don't um, if you can find your own web designer that that you can maybe cut a deal with, that would probably be ideal for you versus trying to build it yourself. Anyway, next, uh, building your portfolio. So after you get a website, you, you, know, you got your business name, you registered it, build a portfolio now. And here's the trick to getting started on that. If you don't have a portfolio, you should stage your own house. I'm serious. If you don't have a portfolio and you don't have clients, what other alternative is there? And so what I actually did when I first started was I I spent a ton of money staging my own apartment. Um, and my bedroom, I think I had purchased furniture, put it all together, then returned the furniture, purchased different furniture. So I think I had like four projects, quote unquote, on there. Um, and even though they looked like they're similar rooms, that still provides a benefit to your clients to understanding how you design. 
Um, and I was very upfront with clients when they called me like, hey, you know, I'm a newer designer. The benefit of hiring a newer designer is I'm still great at designing. I'm still designing for you. Um, it's just going to be at a lower cost because I am getting started. So you pitch it as that. You don't. You never say, oh, I'm new and make it like a negative. You make it a positive. Why would someone hire someone that's new in design? Well, because it's cheaper. I mean, at the end of the day, if you do great design, if you, you know, time and time again, get good feedback, and if you have a client calling you because they saw your designs online, they fucking want you. So you turn that negative of being a new designer into a positive. Anyway, moving forward, build your portfolio, use your own house if you have to, use your friend's house if you have to, use your fucking neighbor's house if you have to. Find a way to get a portfolio and make it. Um, I think I also, what did I, there was one time where, um, I had actually, there was a mom and pa furniture store down the road, and I asked him if I could re-kind of structure one of their, like, bedroom setups, and I, I did that too. Um, next, set your rate. Now, as a new designer, you really should not be setting your rate at $150 an hour. That's kind of ridiculous. So make sure that when you're ready to set your rate, you're going to have to do some homework and really figure out. What I did is I did some competitor shopping. So um, I used thumbtack.com and I set a fake project to get bids from local designers. Shady, yes, maybe because those designers have to pay for you to or pay for your bid, but it's really important. It's extremely important to understand your competition. You can't just call a designer and say, hey, I'm a local designer. How much do you charge? Well, you really you, you can call them, but you'd have to act as a client and then they would have to come out to your house and blah, blah, blah. Preventing that, just fill out like an online form through Thumbtack or Bark or something um, and get bids from local designers on the same kind of service that you get so that way you can kind of competitively price yourself. You don't want to overprice or underprice yourself, that's for sure. Then once you have your rate, you obviously have to talk to a lawyer to get your contract up and ready, all that. So in the in the designer toolkit that I have on the store, it goes through my my own contract. So if you purchase the designer toolkit on the website, uh, it's going to go through a lot of stuff like marketing, thinking of a business name, tools, blog topics. I think there's a thousand blog topics on there. There's a shit ton of stuff for you guys to start your design business. And one of those parts is like actually a huge part of it is the contract and I dig deep into my design contract so you can take information from there and obviously tweak it based on your state if your state doesn't have or has certain rules for, you know um, for your industry whatever the case is but I'd still get a lawyer involved just because obviously having a lawyer behind your back will make your contract that much better uh, after you have a contract, after you set your rate, then you're going to promote the hell out of your business. Now, what I did is anytime I went out uh, to eat, I left a business card. Anytime I went somewhere, I left a business card. I just dropped it. I dropped business cards in a fucking grocery store. And yes, I got a client out of that. I literally dropped business cards everywhere I went. Be active on social media, uh, Instagram. Use paid ads, but don't blow your budget by doing it. Use Facebook. Use you know, uh, ask your friends and family to spread the word, to, uh, answer trade shows and network with other designers, join associations like um, NKBA, NARI, ASID, IIDA, like all of those are going to help you get more clients. And then we're going to go to start a blog. So this would help with your online SEO and getting online clients, but caution, online clients 
of the clients that are tire kickers that have low budgets. Be cautious of that because that's where I fucked up with clients and I had a lot of projects that that were horrible projects because of the expectations that were set by the client by going online and by going online really. You know, thinking that they can hire a designer for a kitchen and pay, you know, $3,000 for their kitchen renovation but then the designer says no, it's going to be like $30,000. So, starting a blog is huge. It's in make it interesting, you know, it's SEO optimized. Make sure that is all there and do it consistently. Maybe start with one blog a month or two a month or whatever the case is to get you started so you're not overwhelmed with it. And then just build, provide value online for what you do. And don't be afraid to provide free advice. Everyone is so hung up on, oh, I want money for, you know, the, the the, the advice that I give and I want money for this and I want money for that. Stop it. Like this world is so filled with fucking I want money, 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 and it's driven by that. I get that you have to pay bills, but at the end of the day, if you provide free content in addition to paid content, you'll be more admirable from that client and you'll get more clients because of it. Two more things I have in mind. Have a dedicated workspace. Try not to work from home, but if you really have to, then you could. Just make sure that your workspace at home is far from your common area. And the reason why is because then you don't have to work with stress. You don't have to bring work at home. Work literally isn't at home. And if it does have to be at home, just make sure it's in a separate space where you could leave it behind the door. I've had issues with this with myself. I got super stressed. I got, you know, I was answering phone calls from clients at like midnight. I was answering text messages at three o'clock in the fucking morning. Find a dedicated workspace. And if you want, find a co-working space local that you could pay a monthly fee for. This way you can go there. You can just have your space and you can fucking leave and not have to worry about it. Last but not least, build relationships with suppliers and contractors. One of the smartest things you could do when you start your design business is to build good relationships with suppliers, contractors, local mom and pa stores. You want to have connections with reliable people who could deliver exactly what you ask for on time every single time. This is not only a strategic move, but it's also a good move for networking because the more you scratch their back, the more they scratch yours, right? So, uh, you know, let's say you connect with a contractor, ask him to take him to lunch or her to lunch. Bring him to, I don't know, fucking McDonald's. I don't give a shit. It's just the gesture. Bring them to lunch. Have a conversation with them. Tell them what you want to do. You want to partner with them, right? For every project you get, maybe you make sure that they bid on it. Maybe you give them a fair game on it. You do that for five contractors even. Who gives a shit? Just as long as they don't know that. Then once you start building relationships with these contractors, then they're going to start coming to you. Hey, Tiffany, I have a project over in corona and um you know i'm not really a designer as a contractor and i i told my clients that you know i work with a designer so you know there you scratch their back they scratch yours at the end of the day just make sure that everything you do in your business is ethical make sure that you love what you do make sure there's a passion for it go on the website look up the the complete interior designer toolkit trust me it is jam-packed with so much shit for you to start your business i know it's a hundred bucks it's an investment obviously but think about it as you're investing in your future the content in there it's i think well over 150 pages goes through like i said marketing branding social media it goes through contracts it goes through choosing a name you name it it's in there thanks so much for listening peeps if you please don't mind write a review you don't even need to write one just click that star icon whether it's one star five star i don't give a shit it just helps me out 
Um, and if you don't like what you hear, then don't listen. Go fucking listen to some other designer that just interviews people. In any case, <laughs> thanks again for listening. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. As always, I love you all. Namaste.